This is episode number 97 of the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, I talk with Jordan Fry from Urban Rescue about the latest stuff they have going on, what they've been doing um, out on tour, and really, it was cool to hear how Jordan got into worship in junior high, really, when someone was just asking him to do it, and he felt totally unprepared, uh, but he did it. He stepped out in faith, and um, you can see that God's done incredible stuff through him and through his ministry, so I hope that's an encouragement for you. Here we go with episode number 97. Worship was essentially my gateway to God. Uh, you know, that's what art does. Art is sort of, you know, our gateway to God. And I believe that, you know, there's only, there's only so many ways we can approach God until it, until it gets to metaphor. And, and I think that's what art is. And um, so as a sixth grader, you know, we would sing these worship songs and I was kind of going through some really hard things but I would encounter the living God and I just would never want to leave. You know, I was going to like three different youth groups at one time. And as a sixth grader, um, my youth pastor was like, Hey, why don't you start leading worship? And I didn't know what that meant or what to do. And he's like, well, here's the deal, man. You just worship and we'll follow you. (laughs) And I just thought that was brilliant advice. I mean, that's, I'm 30 now and that's, that's still the way I approach approach worship and leading worship is, you know, I'm going to I'm going to come before God and I'm going to just simply invite people to come with me. And um, I remember standing like ten feet away from the microphone when I first started, and um, you know, I had a lady one time say, "Hey, like I don't know if this is your gift," and <laughs> I was just, you know, I wasn't. There was no uh, worship culture really. It was just kind of raw and. Um, so what, that's yeah I yeah. guess what what was it that made you like keep going if you had somebody who was like hey maybe this isn't your thing like how did you did you like <laughs> do it in spite of that or I'm or, what, stubborn yeah, yeah. <laughs> well I just love music so much you know my dad was a drummer um, and I I definitely drew my love of music from him and um, he actually originally met my mom at a concert he was playing drums and she was in the audience and music has just always been a part of my life. He took me to a bunch of James Taylor concerts and um, I just fell in love with songwriting. So I, it was weird because I did feel inadequate, but at the same time I felt deeply called to do it. Like at the same time, like when I would get some criticism, like, Hey, probably should just work on your singing. Cause you're not that good of a singer. I'm like, Okay. You know, it just felt like maybe like Moses or something with the, you know, the speech impediments. Like I know I'm not awesome, but I also know this is, this is why God put me on the face of the earth to to just do this one thing. And sure. like, I don't know what I would do if it wasn't for, for music. So, yeah. So what did you do like to grow as, as you moved forward in that? Well, I just had awesome people in my life encouraging me to to write. So for me, it just came through songwriting, and songwriting became the way I communicated with God. Like, I've kind of looked at it as a, you know, Wesley would always talk about like a means of grace. You know, communion is a, a means of grace, or um, sitting outside in nature is a means of grace. It's the way that God would minister back to you sure. and, and love you. And songwriting was just the my little window hmm. into the heart of God and understanding 
you know, that he was my father and, and um, he was real and that it wasn't just a good time at youth group, but this was a, this was a personal interaction with the divine. And uh, I've sort of always been convinced of that since I was a little kid. Yeah. Do you have any advice for, um, somebody who wants to songwrite like what did it look like what did your first like songs sound like i guess and how, how did you develop that craft um man i feel like songwriting was just this thing that i couldn't really turn off like i've heard it said before of like i'm a skateboarder as well and somebody mm-hmm. once asked like how do you know if somebody's a skateboarder and they just said well they just keep skating. (laughs) And so that's how, you know, you know, you know, you're a songwriter if you can't stop doing it. That's, I think that's the measure of a songwriter or, or anything that you're passionate about any kind of art form, you know, it's, it's that thing that you can't turn off. And, um, I think that's also what makes you better. You know, that's sort of the, the refining processes, you know, like for this album, uh, it took us about, well, it took me definitely at least two years to write. Hmm. And at the end, we probably had a catalog of close to 200 songs. And not all of them were, actually, a lot of them were really bad. <laughs> so that's, I, I think that's the other bit of advice I would give is like, in the, in the middle of the process, don't, don't get hung up if it's not amazing, you know? Because mm-hmm. um, that's, you know, art has always been about the process, and I hope our next record is way better than this one. And um, I, but as it is now, this is probably the best I I can do. You know, so just having a a really sweet resolve with yourself of like, okay, this is this is my best, and I'm I've given it my best, and maybe I'm not where I want to be, but I'm I'm not going to stop. You know, sure. Yeah, could maybe maybe speak to you got 200 songs. How did you bring those 200 down to what you got on the project? Yeah, that's, um, I think this album is night and day different from our previous stuff. You know, we've been a band about 10 years. I've been releasing music independently for 10 years. And it's always been very autonomous, like very, very personal, you know, kind of channeling my own relationship with God and tuning the rest of the world out. Um, this one is just the com- a completely different experiment, if you will, like, it's it's been well one we've signed to a label so we have a label speaking into the project um i signed um as a as a staff writer a couple of years ago so i have a whole publishing team speaking into the songs hmm. then um you know i have my wife obviously telling me hey that's just that's just not going to work buddy right. <laughs> so you know a lot of voices speaking in and then i think it's just been a lot of prayer too. And I know that sounds maybe contrived, but sure. we really take this seriously. You know, we try to make, we try to make music like it's the last time we get to do it. So, right. Are you plugged into a local church? Absolutely. Um, my wife and I go to a church here in LA called Fellowship Monrovia. And it's a, it's a gospel centered multicultural um, intergenerational church. So it's, it's loosely affiliated with, um, Tim Keller city to city out in New York. Yeah. cool. And, um, yeah, that, I mean, I would say about half of the songs were birthed out of messages and, 
and sermons and just moments of worship from our local church. And that's also been a big difference from past, past records where I think for the first time in my life, I'm actually part of a real community. (laughs) And it's been, that's been a whole other conversation, a whole other journey for us is finding a place where we feel safe and um, known and can bring our doubt and all that stuff. And we found, we found it, man. We found such a great, spot to worship and to be challenged and, um, you know, convicted with the heart of the gospel every Sunday. So that's been a huge force on this album is writing songs for the church is not just me expressing myself, but it's, it's expressing the voice of, of a larger collective of a larger, uh, you know, conscious. So, um, it's, it's been very humbling. We take it very seriously. We take every lyric. I mean, the last song that made this record is called Never Stop. And the one, you know, it took about eight months of reworking, reworking, reworking until, you know, it was sort of theologically sound. I could play it in my church and it was, it was something you can dance to and move to at the same time. Yeah, that's cool. So what, um, What's been going on with the album now? I know you've been out with United a little bit. You got some touring going on. What's God been doing through, you know, your music? You know, the album will be coming out. Um, let's see when yeah. this, when this podcast release will be coming out in a day or two. Cool. Um, what's what's God been doing lately with it? I, he's just been showing me how broken people are. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, man, like past two months, every night at our merch table. I, there, there are people in tears just saying, thank you. You know, this song resonated with me. I needed that you know, online. We're just hearing. I guess I've just realized the thing that God's been showing me this year is that my story is, is everyone's story. That I, I've always felt maybe a little self-conscious to share it because I didn't want to I didn't want to like hate on my family or I didn't want to embarrass anybody else. But at the same time, you know, the truth will set you free. And I've, I feel like God is freeing up other people just, you know, with the sheer uh, availability of me being able to share my story. I, I just didn't know it would, I didn't know people needed to hear it. Sure. Not just, not just Jordan's story, but like a, a story from either from a song or from the stage. You know, I think a lot of times as worship leaders, we can get caught up in all the things that God is doing and his love for the church and the world, but we, we don't, we don't get vulnerable with who we are and, and share our own fears and addictions and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, vices. And, you know, from the stage every night, we're like, Hey, we're on this silly stage but we, you need to know we're just like you. We struggle with depression. We struggle with anxiety. We struggle with fear. And we're, we're releasing that again to God tonight. And we're asking, you know, him to, to heal and restore again. And, um, right. We're, we just try to get after it, man. Yeah. I mean, you have some advice for, like you say, get up there and be vulnerable. I think like, especially in like church culture, the worship leader, I know a lot of guys feel like they can't say that, you know, or the pastor will, you know, come after them, or then maybe they even feel like their job's in jeopardy if they like are really <laughs> real. Like, you got any any encouragement for them when they're hearing this? I I'm gonna probably be a little. I, I've actually 
I, I don't know if I'm the best person to ask that question <laughs> because I'm I'm gonna give probably more the extreme answer. Sure. Which is you have to follow the Holy Spirit's leading. You have to. That's your job. Like you can't I I understand, you know, there's there's the there's the balance of a worship leader like maintaining healthy respect to kind of the order of things. And maybe there's like a church culture that, you know, you, you fit in, but most worship leaders, I think uh, can understand that rub a little bit where, you know, he's speaking to you sometimes. And so I would encourage anyone listening to follow that, that radical voice of God. I think, I think worship leaders should probably look, and sound more like prophets right now than anything else. And, um, you know, the, the prophetic thing shouldn't be a scary thing. It's just declaring truth, right? It's just sharing the truth of God in real time, speaking it into existence. It's not predicting the future or anything like that. It's, it's standing up and, and saying, you know what, I'm an, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus or, um, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. And the old is gone and the new has come. And it's just embracing that prophetic voice. And um, I I think that's where the future is. And I think I'm more interested in, in kind of the spiritual renewal that God's doing rather than just clocking in and going through the, the thing on Sunday. Um, I don't know if you have time, but I have a rad story. Yeah, let's um, do it. <laughs> so... Our church, basically, one Sunday, um, our pastor, Albert, we had all of our planning center ready to go, like our whole set list. We had practiced that Wednesday. And that morning, our pastor goes, you know what? I just don't feel like we're supposed to do this. And first of all, as a worship leader, I'm excited about that because I'm more spontaneous. I'm like, let's go. Like, senior pastors wants to go a different direction. What's it going to be? And he's like, I, I feel like we need to call for baptisms. Mm. We were doing, it was baptism Sunday and we already had maybe like five or 10 people um, who had, you know, gone through the class and were, but he was like, I, I feel like we just need to call our church to spontaneous baptisms. And <laughs> I've never been a part of that before, but he, he, Basically shared that same story to the congregation. We're calling an audible, you know. I, I feel like I need to invite anyone who wants to do this. And for four services, there was no sermon. Like, there was a line out the door for spontaneous baptisms. Families getting in the water with all of their clothes on. It was crazy. And I was like, this is the kingdom of God. This is what I want to be a part of. Yeah. And um, to have, you know, for me, I need to kind of... I've decided I want to spend my time in that kind of church where there's that, there's some element of, okay, God, what are you doing today? And I, we have our plan, but if you want to disrupt, you know, the thing, we're at least open to that. And um, that might be more my charismatic upbringing, but yeah, that's, no, that's great. That's me. Yeah, we do. We do some spontaneous baptisms at our church sometimes too. And it's like super oh. incredible. You know, it's incredible. And scary to, to like walk into it knowing like you're like we're gonna offer this and maybe we're gonna fall on our face. But like <laughs> right. we've not hit a service where like at least somebody didn't make the decision and that's always cool to like see God, you know, yeah. kinda kinda moving. And then that's almost like he meets you 
you know, when, when uh, Albert had made that decision, like God kind of meets you when you step out like that. And that, that's really neat. Yeah. That's super encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess to cap it off, do you got any, um, any advice for, you know, the young, you know, 16 year old feels like they want to be a worship leader, maybe a songwriter, or like a touring artist or something for, for God. You got any, any advice for them having kind of walked that path yourself? Yeah. Um, the, yeah, the best advice that I've heard in terms of kind of career, I feel like that's sort of a career question maybe, like sure. yeah. um, is is something that I heard from Damien Rice, who's one of my favorite songwriters, artists of all time, Irish guy. Um, but he he kind of has treated his, his career um, – he, he talks about it in terms of like being a spider and he casts his web and he just allows people to come and draw in to, to his art rather than to push, push and, and sell and kind of market and brand. Like he's just, he's just content with who he is and he allows people to, to either enjoy it or not enjoy it. And I, I think my encouragement for that young artist um, no matter what your medium is, is to create um, out of who you are and and don't feel the pressure of pushing it because if it's who you are, um, God will allow those doors to open in his timing and he's going to give you everything that you need and he, he'll be your enough in that time and he's your provider and he's going to, he's going to, open up and close the doors that he wants to open and close and allow God to be God as you make art. Like don't, don't force your art down people's throats. Cause one, that's just tacky, but also, um, you, you, the thing that you have to offer the world is you, there's no one like you. You're created in the image of God specifically and uniquely, um, in, in the you-ness. Right. <laughs> And I think that is the sacred part that if you can hold on to that, um, I also think this is probably the hardest part of making art is like, God, what about my time? Or what about, what about me? Or what about, uh, what about the finances? What about my family? And, right. you know, as, as artists, we've already chose the unconventional way. So if <laughs> right. you can submit to that, uh, it's, it's, it allows for God to be God. And I've, I'm saying that as someone who's lost jobs um, before I've, you know, I, it, it's been an incredibly difficult 10 years. Mm. Um, but for whatever reason, we're having this podcast and this is incredible. You know, this is, sure. this is the good stuff of life. So That is it for this week's episode, my friends. We have a ton of really cool stuff coming up for the Church Collective. So if you're not plugged in, you should head over, hit that contact button, give us a little information about yourself. Maybe just sign up for our email newsletter, and uh, I will be in touch with you pretty quickly after that. So I hope you're having a fantastic day. And if you have any questions or you want to see more from the Church Collective, head over, hit that contact button, and get in touch with us. God bless you today.